The following is a Thunderbolt West Media Production. Buckle up, everybody. I'm going to be talking about Rubber Meets the Road Survival. You are listening to the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving. So I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand, on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. And once again, I want to thank everybody for your cards, letters, and emails. Keep those emails, cards, and letters coming. And I'm not going to add much extra into the show today. I want to get right down to the nitty-gritty. Things as I see it. Now, that doesn't make me right. But I would bet that I am at least more right than wrong. And so I think that everyone who hears this show today needs to make a commitment to be active and to actually put into practice some of the things that I'm going to talk about. Of course, every situation is different. I think it's time that you really delved really deep into your heart, into your spirit, and really come to grips with what is so obvious. But... A lot of people still don't see it. I'm talking about being able to survive. I know a lot of the survivalists out there are talking about things to make you comfortable and things to make your life better. And I've done shows to try to lessen the misery that might be coming our way. But as I say might be, I'm on the verge of saying will be. 
because recent events just point to a point of no return. And that's where we're at. And so we need to get very serious about surviving. We can think about our creature comforts, and we can think about our jobs and our incomes and our property and our animals, what have you. I think we're to the point we're just getting through this mess that these globalists are creating. If we can get through it in one piece, I think that's about all we can hope for. Now, I know this is going to be kind of a gloom and doom show, but open your eyes, folks. Take a look at what's really happening out there. I'm going to go down the list of several things that I've seen this last week or two, and then I think that we need to really come to grips with what's going on. And it's time to really get serious about foraging. It's time to really get serious about learning how to do things with your hands. It's time to really get serious about learning how to be off-grid. I think it's time that we got really serious about coming up with alternative ways to medicate and also to feed our families and any pets we may have. Because the suffering is going to go all the way through. You're going to suffer, your family's going to suffer, your pets are going to suffer. And the reason that I say that, because of this recent mishap at this large dairy in Texas, where many cows died, and I'm talking a lot of cows. I've heard different numbers, and so I'm not going to put a number to it. But it's astronomical of how many cows died in this event. And I'm going to tell you right now that I was born and raised in ranch country. I've been around cows my whole life. I still have cows. And I can't for the life of me come up with anything that would explain an explosion in a fire like that. The only thing I can come up with is if they had a grain bin that was full of wet grain and it combusted. But other than that, I just can't think of anything. And I've watched these large chicken facilities burn down. And it's strange that the chickens must be playing with fire. And it's also strange that metal buildings will burn down. Metal buildings that are full of chickens in wire cages burn down. It makes no sense. It's obvious to me that someone or some group of people is doing this. Now remember, Agenda 2030 is getting closer by the second. These people do not want to lose. The reason they hate Donald Trump so much is because Donald Trump put them back about four years on their timeline. And so they're playing catch-up. And I'm going to tell you right now, the ball is in our court. They're destroying our food. They're making it to where we will not trust our grocer. They're making it to where we won't trust any of our meat supply. Whether they're putting vaccines in the meat or not is immaterial. Once people think that it's a possibility, there goes that whole market. And remember, that's what they're after is getting rid of the cows. These globalists hate cows. They hate them with a passion. They obviously hate chickens as well. And so they're trying to make mass starvation. And they're also trying to make us not trust where we do get our food. And I'm to the point now where I can't trust what food I get from a grocery store. I hate to be that way. I have a very good grocer. He's a very nice man and he runs an excellent store. But he's not in charge of what they might be putting in the different cans and different produce and meat products and things that he gets in. He has no way of knowing. 
and so I'm not coming against grocers whatsoever. They're going to be among the biggest victims here. Because if there is a rubber-meets-the-road type of illegal action of people buying tainted food, well, you know that your local grocer will be named in any kind of a lawsuit, even though they have absolutely no control over what the packers do with the products whatsoever. So what I'm trying to say is, is that the globalists have really shot some very large and deadly shots, and they've hit targets. And what they want to do is destroy our entire food chain. They started destroying it with the GMO. And I kind of wondered when this GMO came out of why they were doing it. And I wondered who gave them that mandate to do it. And by what authority did these scientists go and alter nature? It seems that the governments of the world are extremely evil and very satanic. I think Trudeau up in Canada is an excellent example. You know, in Canada, the government wants to hate truck drivers. They want to go after people that protest. They went after people that protested the tyranny, and they were really hard on the truckers. But yet, if you're one of these trans people, and they call themselves transgender, but the old term is transvestite, I don't know. These people are insane, and also I think they're demonic. If you criticize them in Canada, well, you're in big trouble. But you can criticize a truck driver all day long. And the truck driver brings you everything you have in your house. But yet you're supposed to cuss him. But if you have some mentally deranged, satanic person want to go into the school and read pornography to the children, if you stand against that, you're likely to get a police baton right across your skull. And so that's what's really happening all over the world. Is the globalists are setting us up for failure in all of the chemical spills. There's chemical spills going on all the time. And now I guess they've even spilled some of the contaminated dirt from East Palestine, Ohio. Trains are derailing. Trucks are overturning. Barges are contaminating the rivers. And of course, the chemtrails, the airplanes are putting poison on us from above. And none of this can be denied. Now, a lot of people would say, well, you're a fear monger and you have a tinfoil hat. Well, to that I say, I'm trying to prepare people and open your eyes. If you are that dull that you can't see what's going on, at least a little bit, then there's no help for you. But hardly a week goes by that there isn't some horrible catastrophe. And now North Korea and China and Russia and Belarus and every Western country seems to all want to contaminate the world with radiation poisoning. And so it's going to happen one way or another. And of course, they're investing more money in gain-of-function research on more viruses to release more of them on the people and also on the animals. I know the animals are disappearing. That's absolutely not questionable at all. The animals and the birds are disappearing. And to use a basketball phrase, the globalists are using a full court press on us right now. And it's up to us to do what we have to do. And I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm trying to be real. I think there is a difference. And sometimes you have to look at the bad before you can maneuver your way through it.
But several times in the Bible are examples of people that had an opportunity to save themselves or to be included among the group of the chosen. But they decided not to, or they procrastinated. They just waited too long, and then the doors were shut. And I'm just going to name two of them. One of them, of course, was Noah's Ark. It took a long time for Noah to build that ark. And you know that Noah faced ridicule. And you can almost say that Noah was the original conspiracy theorist. And he would have wore a tinfoil hat had tinfoil been invented back then. But yet, Noah was right. He listened to God. God told him what was coming and what to do about it. And so Noah did something about it, and he obeyed God. And all these other people saw the door was open. And as he was building that ark, that door remained open. But there came a time where God told Noah, Shut that door. And we all know what happened to everyone on earth. Once that door was shut. And the second example I want to use is of the ten virgins. The ten virgins were waiting for the bridegroom, and five of them brought extra oil for their lamps, and five of them didn't. So five of them were prepared, and five were totally unprepared. They asked the ones that were prepared to share their oil, and the ones who were prepared said, No, go out and find someone that's selling it and buy your own oil. And so the five foolish ones went and bought oil, but by the time they got back, the door was closed. And they beat on the door and said, Let us in, let us in. And the bridegroom said, Surely, I don't know you. They were never let in. And I think we're at that time right now that you better be looking at that door. You better be looking at that door really, really close. Because once that door shuts, there's nothing that you're going to be able to do except cope and suffer and just hopefully survive somehow. But the people who are mentally, physically, spiritually prepared, they may not have it good, but most of them likely will survive. And you don't want to be among the people who are on the wrong side of the door. And so you can sit back and wonder and say, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I'm going to go back to that analogy of the frog in the pot. The water is almost ready to boil, and most of us are still in the pot. And we're thinking, I wonder if this water is going to get any hotter. I wonder what will happen if it does get hotter. Well, I think I'm just going to sit here in this warm water and just take it as it comes. And then you know what happens to the frog. He gets cooked. And so we have lots of examples out there, and you really need to search your mind and your heart. And what I see, unmistakably, is we have a large group of people who are extremely evil, who are doing everything in their power to bring this country down, to bring all of the Western countries down with it, and also they want to bring the rest of the world down because you and me are just useless eaters. And we're using the resources that, of course, belong to the elites because, of course, they're bigger, better, stronger, and everything than us. We have all these woke people who are absolutely the smartest people in the world, like this vice president of Bud Light. She's really a smart one. 
all of these people are overeducated and they're smarmy and they're entitled and they have no clue about the real world. But they do know one thing. They know how to destroy. They are really good at destruction. Look at Antifa. Look at Black Lives Matter. Look at Joe Biden. Look at what Macron has done to his country. Look what Trudeau has done to Canada. Look what Netanyahu is, what he's doing to Israel. These people who are globalists and Satanists are really good at destruction. And they are really doing a good job of destroying things. As I do my research, I find that there's thousands of people that say they're no longer going to eat meat because they're scared of it. Now remember, we will eat the bugs. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to spook us away from what we normally would eat. They may or may not contaminate the meat, but that's immaterial because once people think it's contaminated, that meat will either stay in the freezer or it'll just rot. If they take down the meat industry from the cow-calf man on up to the processors, if they take that whole industry and destroy it, then what we get for protein is going to be very limited and very expensive. And you might say, well, I'll just eat fish. Well, fish is not bad for you at all, except a lot of the fish now in the oceans, they're contaminated with mercury and other things that they're dumping into the water. And it seems that the microplastics are killing all the plankton, which in turn is killing a lot of different animals that rely on the plankton. And that just goes right down the food chain. And I've seen videos of seals that are starving to death. And it just seems to me that there's so many things happening that are totally evil. And it's all planned. And whether you think I'm overstating it or not, I think that we can agree with one thing, is that it's obviously planned. Because there is no way there's this many fires and explosions and things at food processing and also farms and ranches and chicken facilities. There's absolutely no way that all of this is happening without being planned. Because when's the last time you heard of a food production facility burning down before Joe Biden became president? What about cows that blow up? Have you ever heard of that before? How about chickens in metal buildings burning? Have you ever heard of that before? About the only catastrophe I've heard with animals burning up was the story of how the Great Chicago Fire was started with a cow kicking over a lantern. And that may or may not be true. But all of this is totally unnatural. And if it's unnatural, then it has to have a cause. And if it has a cause, it has to have somebody behind that cause. And those somebodies are undoubtedly joined with some organization or another or several organizations because the attacks are relentless. If you would just search the internet and find a list of all of the food production facilities and farms and ranches and anything that has to do with food, do a search of how many of them have been destroyed in the last two years. There's absolutely no way that this is not planned. And also, I think these people are hell-bent on causing a civil war. I think they really want one. First of all, they can't pay back the debt. 
There's absolutely no way that this debt that the United States has can ever be paid back. You might say that our GDP is large enough that we can work our way out of this. Only if there was a freeze on spending. But these idiots in Washington just keep upping the debt ceiling over and over and over. And so why even put a debt ceiling in in the first place? Because they're not going to honor it. So why even do it? It's all smoke and mirrors, folks. It's all phony. These people know exactly what they're doing, and they're very good at it. And like I said, it's our turn for action. And the actions that I want to talk about are actions that you and your family can survive. Because I really do think that these people are deadly serious about their Agenda 2030. And I think they're going to do whatever it takes to destroy all of our infrastructure and all of the food supply lines. And then you have countries that are sanctioning, like the United States is sanctioning everybody. And when that earthquake happened in Turkey and all the way through that Middle East of that area, Syria was also hit really hard. But Syria did not receive any aid from the United States because we had sanctions against them. Our government can be very sanctimonious and sanction them because they're doing some things that we don't believe in. But yet we have troops on Syrian soil that have not been invited, and they're not protecting the United States bases. They're protecting corporate interests of the oil companies. And so these soldiers are not protecting freedom. They're not protecting you or me. They're protecting the oil giants. And I've seen a lot of pictures of American soldiers when we were in Afghanistan guarding poppy fields. And so everything is not what they tell us it is. And so they're giving us all sorts of disinformation. They're trying to ruin our food supply. They're trying to get into your head and make you apprehensive about anything as far as meat or any kind of produce. And we have people that are cult members that actually worship transgender and also worship science. And those are two new religions. And these people have disciples. And these people are very dangerous. Just look at what happened in Ukraine. We have the Ukrainian government going into churches and arresting the priests and confiscating all of the church property and then closing the church down. And so for the people that are for Ukraine, you need to really understand what you're actually for. The Ukraine is not a free country. It's a dictatorship. And the people who are dictating what happens in Ukraine are all in Washington, D.C. And so that is a very big can of worms. And so we're looking at lots of things here that really need to be taken to heart and really looked at very long and hard. And since I say that the ball is in our court, that means that we're going to have to mobilize ourselves and we're going to have to motivate ourselves and train ourselves and rely on ourselves and get up, dust yourself off, roll your sleeves up, and get to work. And I know there's lots of economists out there that make predictions that Every once in a while they get something right, but lots of times they don't. But I've been reading that there are several economists that are saying that 
we're going to have a meltdown of our economy, the largest ever in history, sometime between now and mid-June. Now, if that does happen, then food is going to become unaffordable anyway. I read the account of someone who went to Florida from Iowa, and they were keeping track of what they were paying for different items that they bought as far as food. And just a sandwich and chips was up to $15. And this person also went to a chicken place where the menu had a family pack with 20 pieces of chicken and and six biscuits and three sides was $65. And so things are starting to creep up there, and it's going to get worse. Now, what will happen if you have, let's say, $200 in your pocket for groceries? Instead of buying 20 bags like you used to be able to buy several years back, or to buy six or seven bags like you can buy today with $200, what if you come home with a half a bag? and you have hungry kids, and then you have a dog or two, and a cat or two, someone's not going to eat. And of course, the pets will suffer first. But then after the pets suffer, then the adults will suffer. Hopefully, the adults will suffer and make sure the kids get plenty to eat. But the Bible says that all these riches are going to be gone in one hour. And I don't want to get totally apocalyptic in this show. But I see the handwriting on the wall, and it's in huge, great, big capital letters. And it says, prepare for the worst, because I think that the worst is inevitable. There's got to be some idiot that's going to kick this kinetic war off. And even if we don't have a war, we have these globalists are already at war with you and me, and they're already trying to ruin our food supply. They're already trying to get rid of all the small banks and all the small hometown businesses. All of that is done by design. We used to have laws against having monopolies, but yet when Walmart came in, all that went out the window. And Walmart largely uses products made in China with slave labor. And you can save a dollar or two at Walmart once in a while, but that's all part of the plan. This plan has been in operation for decades, and what they needed to do was weaken our society. And our kids don't know if they're male or female. Go look at your downtown business area in your city or your town. How many businesses are open, and how many businesses are boarded up? Most of them are boarded up right now. I've seen towns that every business has moved out or closed where you'll have dozens of empty stores that will never have a tenant again. About the only thing that's going into these empty stores are different types of churches. But all of that was done by design. And also, this is a military-grade psychological operation that is being waged against you and me. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. There's things that have been happening over the last 20 years, very strong the last 20 years, to try to erode our freedoms, like the Patriot Act and things like that after 9-11. And then what Obama did was change the law to make it legal for the mainstream media to use propaganda and to make it legal 
for the government to lie to we the people? That was illegal before Obama. If you wonder why the news got so bad all of a sudden, as far as them lying to us, well, legally, they couldn't lie to us. Not until Obama came in and changed that law. And so all the pieces of the puzzle have been being gathered by these globalists for years. And now they have most of the pieces, and they're starting to put the pieces together. And so it's time for you and me to put some pieces together and try to stay one step ahead of them. Because if we get one step behind them, and if we Broadcasting get from the under Harmony their Bar thumb, studio near Hershey, Nebraska, then they're just going to squish the us. Of of America. There's no You're way to that we're going to get out from under their thumb information show once they have their thumb firmly Calhoun. on us. And so I truly think if the globalists really get their thumb on us, no matter how many there are of us, I think they have everything set up to where they can actually get done what they're planning on doing. And I, for one, don't want to let them. I'm going to fight with every breath I have in my body. You're listening to the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show with Jim Calhoun. And today I'm talking about some pretty gloom and doom things. But the more research I do, the more it's obvious to me that we are being herded into a corral and the globalists are going to shut the gate on us and then they're going to starve us. They're not going to treat us well, that's for sure. And so what we have to do is make sure that we are outside of the total influence. Now, there's no way that we can be totally outside their grasp. They have their tentacles in way too deep. But I think that we can have some wiggle room to where we can avoid that final entrapment. But I think that we're kind of right there. Well, the first thing I want you to understand is don't buy an electric car. Now, if you want to say that you bought an electric car for, for saving the environment, well, you have to know that the rare earth minerals and the creating of that car, the battery in that car, causes more pollution than any gas-burning or diesel-burning vehicle will make in the lifetime of that vehicle. So you're just trading one pollution for another. But the reason why these electric vehicles are being pushed is so the globalists can simply shut the grid down. Then you can't charge your car. Then you can't go anywhere. You might say, well, if they shut the grid down, all the gas pumps will be out. You won't be able to go anywhere because you won't have any gas. Well, if you don't prepare, then you're probably right. But if you can save back some emergency gas, at least you won't be totally stranded like you will be with an electric car with a dead battery. If you can save 20 or 30 gallons back for an emergency, then you'll always have a way to escape if you have the fuel. And of course, you don't want anyone to know that you have any extra fuel. And so the thing is, is you just have to put it in a safe place as far as safe, not causing any fires or any catastrophes like that, and also safe that no one will steal it. But part of the trap is electric vehicles. And also all of the GPS equipment that they have that are on all the farm machinery and construction, everything has GPS on it now. Well, one of the reasons they have GPS is that the people can control these machines remotely through GPS. And so the company of Tesla can actually turn your car off. And there's been cases of 
people that Elon Musk did not like and that were employees of his that he wanted to reprimand where he actually did shut their cars off. And apparently there's some clause in the contract when you buy the car that gives them the right to be able to do that. And all the people that have farm machinery on GPS, I know that it will save you a dollar here and a dollar there because you won't be skipping a row or double planting a row, which you often do when you just kind of go out and do it freestyle. But I don't think the savings are worth it. But what happens if the GPS shuts your equipment down? Now, I know for a fact that there is a large tractor manufacturing company that you can buy parts anywhere and install the parts on that tractor. But until the dealer activates the parts on that tractor, your tractor still stays broke down. So you have people in high places in a lot of corporations that are globalists and or woke have control over the tractors and over some of the farm machinery. And so I would say to the farmers and ranchers and the people out there that are using GPS, go ahead and use it while you can, but have a backup. You better have an old tractor that just runs on points in a condenser. Farm like your granddad did. I know a lot of people would say, I'll never farm like my granddad did. Well, your granddad was a real farmer. And maybe you are too, but but you have to understand that if you want to stay farming, if they decide to shut everything off, you're going to have to have a backup. And I have backups all the way through. Now, of course, nothing I have has GPS. I don't want anybody spying on me. I don't want anyone knowing what I'm growing, how much of it I'm growing. It's none of anyone's business. It's not that I'm hiding anything. It's just, it's none of their business. But that's another thing that we can do to stay one step ahead of these globalists, is get backups. And that goes for the people that are not in agriculture, that just have a car. If your car is all GPSed up and computerized and everything, well, there's a good possibility that you're going to get shut down. Because these people are going to stop at nothing. And so there again, I would have a doomsday vehicle. The vehicle that doesn't have a computer no GPS, nothing at all, you're going to have to consider getting an older car or older pickup, call it a hobby, and get it in good running condition. You can put it in a garage, keep it hidden, keep it covered, keep it nice. And then when the time comes, when everyone is shut down, you're still going to have some wheels. Just a side note is that I was driving a 1947 model vehicle that was shut down, and I know it was shut down by the United States Air Force because I happened to be going past a very large Air Force base. There were several cars that got shut off at the exact same place on the road. And so as I rolled over to the side of the road, I wasn't the only one there. But after about 15 minutes, we were all able to start our cars and leave. And so I know that they do have the technology to even shut down the oldies, because I've had it happen to me. There's no other explanation. You're beside a very sensitive military base that is known to have some nuclear silos, and several cars get stranded at the same spot in the road in the middle of nowhere. That has to be something nefarious. But you've heard that Facebook has done this massive facial recognition 
and they've got a database that is given freely to law enforcement, FBI, CIA, your local police, anybody that wants to have your image, now can get it because you've been farmed. And that's something that I want to talk about extensively is being farmed. Facebook and places like that are farming you. Now, I know I'm not very popular for saying that because we have an awful lot of people that enjoy Facebook. But I am going to tell you that most people that get on Facebook become addicted to it. And they have to either post about their life or find out what someone else is doing. And so it's like a great big dysfunctional family. A lot of people are on it. A lot of people like it. But where did it come from and why is it there? Well, the origins of Facebook is the Department of Defense. You know those same people that helped bring us the COVID-19 virus that was created in a lab? And so you can't trust these people. And what they've done is absolutely criminal. But it's too late now. You see, that's where I'm saying these globalists are one step ahead of us, and they're getting ready to put the thumb down pretty hard. And so if you're on Facebook, I would recommend, and I know you won't do this, but I'm going to recommend that you delete your account. That goes with Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and all these. All of these places like that are doing nothing but mining information about you. You are being farmed. And I don't want to be farmed. And another example of being farmed is the medical profession. Now, I know I've stayed pretty hard against the medical profession ever since this COVID-19 death jab started harming people. And we had doctors that refused to tell the truth, had doctors that kept pushing the death jab. And so I thought, well, if you're going to push that, that violates your Hippocratic Oath. And trust me, these doctors are smart enough. They knew exactly what was happening to their patients. But money talks. And also, being threatened to lose your livelihood and to take your license away, that's very intimidating. And so some of these people didn't do that out of being evil. They did it out of self-survival. And of course, if they're going to choose their patients or choose feeding their family, they're going to choose feeding their family. And so I think that the doctors... They've been farming us for years, but now they're really farming us, as is big pharma like Pfizer and Bayer and all these different big companies are farming you. And I know I'm going to make a couple people that are regular listeners mad, but I'm going to tell you what I've done, and then I'm going to tell you why, and then hopefully you're not still mad at me. But I'm off of all my meds, and the medications that I have been taking are for irregular heartbeat, and also high blood pressure. And you might say, man, you can't mess with that. You just can't quit that. You know, once you're on high blood pressure medicine, you're on it for life. Well, after this so-called pandemic, and the doctors were still giving this death shot, and they still are, I just could not, in good conscience, go back to doctors. And so my prescriptions run out, and the doctors have said that I have to come see them before they'll write me another prescription. So I started doing some research, and I really did like my heart specialist. I liked him an awful lot. But I did research, and you'll never guess that the heart specialist, what he did, they were giving me high blood pressure medication that has a major side effect, 
that is irregular heartbeat. And I got this irregular heartbeat out of nowhere. It happened after I started on my blood pressure medicine. And so I had a doctor who was farming me. The doctor gave me one thing that was going to give me a side effect so he could double up his prescription, make more money. That's exactly what was happening. Then I come to find out that what I was taking is made by Pfizer. And not only that, they had to pull it off the market for a month or two because it was contaminated and people were getting liver damage. And I'm thinking, why am I taking something made by a company that I totally distrust that I know wants to kill lots of people and is killing lots of people and they don't care? Why would I take any product made by them? Plus, if I'm taking this product and it's giving me this other problem, well, the easy way to get rid of the heart problem as far as irregular heartbeat is to quit taking the blood pressure medicine. And so I use this hillbilly logic, and that's what I did. And I'm going to tell you, after three or four days of my body adjusting, I'm just fine. And so I really do think I was being farmed. I have not had any heart issues whatsoever, not one little pang, not one heartbeat out of place. And I really do think that the doctors were giving me this irregular heartbeat, of course, on purpose. Now, that's just me. I'm not telling anyone to go off their medication. But I've decided to go 100% natural. Once or twice a day, I drink a cup of very strong hibiscus tea. And I saw many studies that were peer-reviewed that came to the conclusion that out of all the people that took this blood pressure medicine that I was on, when they replaced it with hibiscus, they had a higher rate of success of keeping the blood pressure under control with the hibiscus than they did this medicine that they had me on. And so I'm going 100% natural. And someday, will it kill me? Well, maybe so. But I know that what they were giving me was harming me and possibly could have killed me. Because when you have AFib, that's nothing to ignore. And I was in full AFib without stop, for over three weeks. And I was working very hard because I had work I had to get done. And I tell you what, try to be in total AFib for three weeks solid and work hard when the back of your head you're saying, man, you're going to fall over here. You know, your heart's going to quit. You're going to have a stroke. Had all these thoughts going through my head, but, but I could not get in to see the heart doctor. And nobody seemed to think it was that big of an emergency. But I really think that it's time that you at least understand natural, holistic medicine, whether you use it or not. I think that that's another way that you can stay out from under their thumb. And I'm going to recommend this to lots of people. If you have any Hispanic friends that are from Mexico, talk to them about what the people in Mexico have used for centuries as far as treating the same problems that you and I have. Matter of fact, if you want to find the best hibiscus, go find some mom-and-pop shop that's one of these stores that's owned by Mexicans that their main clientele are migrant workers and different Mexican people, and go over to their spice rack, and you'll see things like chamomile and hibiscus and all sorts of different natural plants that are very good for helping you sleep, 
calming you down, taking care of high blood pressure, and also regulating your heartbeat. A lot of these little stores sell really good, high-quality products. And of course, the reason they sell them is because the people that come over from Mexico are still using the remedies they've always used. And so I highly recommend that you really study, if you have any ailment whatsoever, really study how it was treated before modern medicine and also see how these other countries that are considered third world countries, see how they cope with the same issue and at least come up with a game plan that if it comes down to you have to get some sort of a death jab or you won't get your prescription, but you're going to have to be able to switch gears on the fly and try to be as seamless with your life as possible. And if you stand there with a deer in the headlights look and you don't know what to do, you're just going to get run over. That's all that's going to happen. And when it comes to your food, I touched on this last week. I'm going to expound on it. You really need to get a source for your meat that's locally grown, locally processed, and buy it by the quarter or the half or the full beef if you have the freezer. Or you can get several families together and buy a whole beef and just share the cost and then share the product. Make sure that the producer is not using growth hormones or any stimulants in their cattle. Make sure that they're not vaccinated with anything that's going to harm you. I would go for grass-fed beef. Not that I think grass-fed is better. I've had both. I like both. But the modern GMO corn and the different grains that the cattle are eating may or may not be altering the meat somehow. But grass-fed, you're safe. And the old saying, better safe than sorry, really applies here. And that also goes for any lamb that you would buy or pork or chicken. Any kind of meat products, buy them locally. And I know that I pick on the big box stores, but the last place you want to buy meat is a big box store. That is absolutely the last place you want to buy your meat. And one of the reasons is that the big box stores that sell groceries, and I think you know who I'm talking about, they put mandates on the people that feed the cattle and tell the feeders how they want the beef fed, and they also try to dictate policy to the feedlots. Now, about 15 miles from my house, there's a large feedlot that had a very large contract with this big box store that sells groceries. And when COVID came out, the corporation got a hold of the feedlot owner and said, you have 10 days to get all of your employees vaccinated for COVID with this death jab and also verification. You have 10 days to do that. And this man, who I'm really proud of, got a hold of corporate and said, you gave me an ultimatum of 10 days to get everyone a death jab that, that works for me. He said, I'm going to give you an ultimatum. You have 10 days to get your cattle off my property. And I know that contract was worth millions, but he did the right thing. So I say good on him. But you see how these large corporations can sneak things into the meat? Because losing millions of dollars in a contract is really hard to make up. I mean, that's 
That took a lot of guts for this man to stand up for his employees, but he did. He did the right thing. Financially, he didn't, but in the big picture, he was spot on. But what if another feedlot was told, you have to inject all of your animals with this death jab, or we're not going to do business with you. And the guy looks and sees he's going to lose millions if he doesn't do it. Well, I would say more often than not, the feedlot operator is going to go ahead and save the money, is going to go for the money, and vaccinate the cattle with this death jab. And so you can't trust meat that gets into the corporate level. And so there again, with the ball on our court, we need to take the time to do the research and do the efforts of finding places to buy our meat that's locally sourced. And the same thing goes for your garden and also produce. I think that produce that's going through a grocery store is probably some of the scariest stuff out there right now. Because all the technology to slip all sorts of things into lettuce and carrots and potatoes and things, it's existed for years and you know they're doing it. And so you need to either hire someone to garden for you. Now they don't have to come on your property and put on a garden. But if you have somebody that's putting in a medium-sized garden, you might ask them how much they would charge for them to plant an extra couple rows for you. In other words, get one step ahead of the produce. Verify everything that goes in your body, where it's from. We're going to have to do these things, folks. I know it sounds very tedious. It's not fun. But you're going to stay healthier. And actually, in the long run, you're going to be happy you did some of these things. Now, whether you have to do these, whether it comes down to this total meltdown that may be coming, well, I think that even if you did it without a meltdown, you'd still be healthier. If you bought locally sourced food, you're still going to feel better. You're still going to be healthier. And also, if you find alternative sources, natural holistic ways to treat your ailments, well, maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you won't do that. But at least know how to do that. That's what I'm trying to get across, that we don't want to be under anyone's thumb. And believe me, the thumb is on us. They just haven't squished very hard yet. But they're starting to squish harder every day. Now, I said last week I was going to talk about some of the things I was foraging. And I will go ahead and keep that promise. But I do want to say right now that it's time to forage. Curled dock is ready in a lot of places. Dandelions are ready in lots of places, and also burdock, and there's all sorts of things you can forage at different times of the year. And right now, your early spring plants are ripe for foraging. And if you forage a day or two a week, and then put this food away in your pantry, at the end of the summer, you'll have a very wide variety of very nutritious and delicious plants and you won't have to go hungry. And it will take you a while to get used to some of the new flavors and textures. But I'm going to tell you right now that once you get these flavors and textures mastered, and they become normal, then when you go get something from a grocery store or a restaurant, you'll shake your head and go, wow, I can't remember this being that bad. The things that you will forage that are fresh are going to be just so much better than anything you're going to buy. Everything has its own way of being processed and also storing. Now, what I do with most of the things that I go after, 
I end up drying the leaves and then crushing them and putting them in Ziploc bags. You can dry the leaves in a dehydrator. That's actually the best. It keeps the color the best that way. But of course, I don't have a dehydrator. And so I use God's dehydrator, which is called the sun. I just make sure I don't put anything in direct sunlight because it'll really take the color right out. It'll turn everything brown or gray. But if you let it dry in a breezy area in the shade, it'll keep most of its color. It'll keep all of its flavor. And if you spend a day or two on your dandelions, you can have enough dandelions put away for the year. And that's another thing that you can buy at some of these Mexican-owned stores is dandelion leaves. Because believe me, these people down in Mexico that do not have access to modern medicine, they do have it figured out. They are very good at what they do. There's lots of common household spices, like turmeric and things like that, that you can use. And don't forget to forage for spice plants. And anything that has a really strong odor is probably a spice plant. But when you do forage, make sure that you get everything identified. And if you identify it as being edible, don't eat a whole bunch at once because you don't know what it's going to do as far as you might be allergic to it. So take a spoonful or two for a day or two. And then if everything is okay, then you can go ahead and up your intake. So you have to use your head when you're out foraging. But I think that you really need to get all of this early spring things foraged. And in the evenings, really research out every plant you see. As I walk across my property, I can point at different plants and say, this is medicinal, this is a spice plant, this is edible, this is not edible, this one over here is poisonous. I really know the plants in my area. And you need to get that same knowledge. And I'm afraid this year, instead of just having the knowledge and keeping it till next year, I think this year you better go out and at least get two or three weeks worth of foraged food. Now, with me, I call it God's garden, and I'm going to try to get a year's worth of food. And it's going to take me about an hour a day to get a year's worth of food during the spring and summer. But I think it's going to be worth it. And I'm looking forward to the fresh taste and the better nutrition. But as promised, I want to tell you what to do with your cottonwood buds. What you do with the buds is you can put them in a blender or some sort of food processor and grind them up just a little bit. And you're going to have a resin inside those buds and it'll get all over everything. But I use an old-fashioned blender, the one that has the blade at the bottom. And then I blend it for about a minute. And then I pour it into a quart-sized jar and go about three-fourths of the way up that quart-sized jar. And then I pour in olive oil to where it goes one inch over the top of the tallest part of the buds. Then I simply put a lid on it and put it away for six months. And then all that resin that's inside the cottonwood buds will leach out into the oil. And I'm not telling you to use this, but I'm going to tell you what I use it for. I use it for medicinal purposes. I use it for pain deadening as far as sunburns and skin abrasions and minor cuts. And also, it's mildly antiseptic. And so it's got several uses. And the bark from these little branches, you go ahead and you take a potato peeler and you peel the bark off these little tiny branches and then let that bark dry. And then after it dries, you can either steam it, boil it, 
or you can put it in alcohol. It'll extract the chemicals that are inside the bark. And what I use that for is pain relief as far as a substitute for aspirin. It's very simple to do. And when you use it as a topical oil, it's called oil of Gilead. So you can do a web search on that. And I'm not a doctor, and I'm not telling you to use it. But I'm telling you that I harvest a bunch of it, and I use it, and I like it. Well, there's more I could say, and I'll probably say it next week. But folks, we have to stay one step ahead of these evil people. Anybody that would kill millions of chickens, and blow up a bunch of cows, and put drag queens in your schools, and do a psyop on your children to where they don't know if they're male or female, when you add all of this up, plus more, all the warmongering and the things that are happening worldwide, we live in probably one of the most dangerous times in the history of mankind. And you might say, oh, it's not going to happen here. All I have to say to that is look up, look at the chemtrails. It is happening right over your head. You have to open your eyes. You have to do something about it. And what I mean by doing something about it is taking charge and doing what you can to insulate yourself from these people. Well, I really appreciate you tuning in today, and I hope that you got something from the show. And so I really do appreciate anyone who can take the time to send me a little something, because it's only because of your generous donations that I can bring you this show. And believe me, it all adds up. And I've got to say here that 100%, every penny that I get goes right back into the show. Not into equipment, not in anything fancy. It goes right back in to airtime. That's the way it always has been. That's the way it always will be. So I do appreciate those who support me. I really do appreciate it a lot. And I take checks, money orders, or cash. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. And you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163. Hershey, Nebraska. Hershey, Nebraska. And the zip code is 69143. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And until next time, go out and start foraging. Learn. Find out alternative ways to do what you do. I think that your very existence may depend on that. Stay vigilant. Stay as positive as you possibly can. Stay strong. Stay tough. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.